Welcome to the Way Ministries Church Service with Pastor John Searcy. We invite you to join us on Saturday from 5 to 6 p.m. at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. For more teachings, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. You may also contact Pastor John by email at thewayministries001 at gmail.com. How's everybody doing tonight, okay? It's great to see everybody tonight. I hope everybody had a really great Thanksgiving with their family and friends. God is good, amen? We have so much to be thankful for. You know, we shouldn't be just thankful on Thanksgiving. We should be thankful all the time, amen? Especially for all the promises that He gave us in the Bible. Amen? And we're going to talk about them promises tonight again. The awesome promises of God. (laughs) Oh, He promised us a victory. Victory is ours in Christ Jesus. Amen? Last week we finished in uh, 1 Corinthians 10.13. And the eighth principle I want to talk about in this promise when we're stressed out and full of anxiety is He promises to hold us up. Okay? He promises to hold us up. Let's go to Isaiah 41 verse 10. Oh, God is good. Amen? You know what the beauty about God is? He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. He He carries us through all the issues and trials in life. All we have to do is put our faith and our trust in Him and actually apply these promises to our lives. I'm, I'm, I am so incredibly grateful for the promises of God. And I hope you are too. They encourage me when I'm weak, strengthen me when I'm weary, okay? And refresh me when I'm dry, the promises of God truly are my spiritual lifeblood. Okay? They connect me to God and fuel my faith in Him. But here's the thing we have to understand. The promises of God only benefit me if I remember them and apply them to my life. When the situations come. Okay? When I need to apply the promises. We learn the promises here. Like I said, the stages of the promises. First, you, once you believe in Jesus, you have all the promises of God that are in the Bible. Every one of them is ours. Okay? Then you have to get to know what they are. The second stage of our growth in spirituality is to know what the promises are by reading His Word and understanding His Word is the third principle to understand what the promises are. Then the fourth one, as we go on and grow in this situation, is to apply them to the situations in our lives when we need them the most. Amen? And that takes time because we have to learn them, know them, learn them, understand them, and then apply them. So it's it's, it's a slow journey. But God is good and faithful. He's working everything out for good. Let me tell you something. I must apprehend the promises of God and believe that they are mine in Christ. And help me to do that, I put some promises together for us. And you know, if you don't know what they are, there's always there's all kinds of books on God's promises that you can get. But I do have this compiled, and I can give it to you if you would like them. So let's, is everybody in um, Isaiah 40? No, did I say, I, no, it's um, Isaiah 41.10. All right. The devil loves to fill us with fear and doubt and discouragement. We get on this journey and things get weary. Things don't quite turn out as we think they are once we become believers in Jesus Christ. See, his ways are different than our ways. And he's molding us and shaping us in a different way most of the time than we would like him to do. Okay? (laughs) We would rather go the easy way through. But then you never really learn the lessons and grow through unless there's some kind of adversity and pain. But God does it that way because He loves us. Now look at Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah the prophet. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. So whenever you're feeling fear in your life, don't, it tells us, don't be afraid because I'm with you. One thing we have to know for sure, God is always with us. He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. And it is not a feeling. We don't feel it. It's just a fact that He's with us. Can I get an amen for that? He's always with us. Let me tell you something. Like I said before, 
the teacher is always silent during the test. Okay? So we have to understand, he's not gonna, he's not gonna come in and, and show us. He wants to test our faith and he's stretching it and giving us endurance in all these trials. How many of us are going through trials? Alright, here we go, right? Listen, if God, if you weren't going through any trials, that means that God's not, you know, the, the, the devil's not happy with you. He's gonna put you through some suffering because God is trying to train you. He's trying to build endurance. The devil means it for evil, but God means it for good. And we have to discern that. So, you know, even though I don't like this right now, and I don't understand why God's doing this, I know it's only for a season, and He's going to get me through, and I'm going to come out better than I was before, if I trust Him with this. Amen? We have to put our faith and trust in Him. But that's a process. Now He says, look at 10, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. Listen, God strengthens us and helps us. How does He strengthen us? He strengthens us with all the words in the Bible, all the promises. He promises to strengthen us because these words have all the power. It's the word that gives us the power. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Now listen. (laughs) There we go. The bell. So just bear with me. I'm going through a little cold here or something, but I'm okay. God is good. He gives me all the strength I need to do His will, not mine. (laughs) All right. Now look, He's going to hold... Look, you go outside and you look at this creation, okay, that He created. That person, that God, is holding you in the palm of His hand. As, his, as a believer. That is a benefit of being a born-again believer. He has got us in he, He's never going to leave us. We cannot ever fall out of His grace and His care. Thank God for that. Even when we mess up, thought, word, indeed. Sometimes I, look, remember the guy said, I want to believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. All right, this is one of my favorite verses, which has carried me through many difficult and uncertain times. It is God's very clear reminder to our hearts not to fear. Okay? For He is with us. He is our God. He strengthens us. He helps us. He upholds us with His glorious right hand. Nothing in this verse ever says it's all up to us to make it through somehow. Okay? But it assures us that our God who never sleeps or slumbers is at work in us and through us. And He will hold us up there's surely no better, no safer place to be but by hell by Him. You see, God never leaves us. We have to understand that. We leave Him. We start to take matters in our own hand because we're very impatient. Oh God, what we do while we're waiting for the promise means everything. When the promise is to get fulfilled because during that time, He's given us the capacity to handle the promise. So He's, he's building faith and endurance in us before the promise comes to pass, so we can handle it. Amen? And we don't end up walking away or taking credit for it. So he's doing, so what we do, he's building our character. Psalm 91. Another promise. Am I coming across all right? Can you hear me? Okay. God bless me with a loud voice. I don't need a microphone. <laughs> Look what it says. Big if here. I love I love him the Bible pages turn. Let me tell you something, that's our refuge. Look what it says in verse nine. Psalm ninety one, verse nine. If you make the Lord your refuge. Now that is a choice. If, it's an if there. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. You see that? How can you beat that promise? Look, if you make Him your refuge, if you make Him the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. And we don't conquer evil with evil, we conquer evil with what? Good. 
No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Can you... <laughs> if, if God could open our eyes right now, right, and you left, there's guardian angels all around us all the time watching over us and guarding us. You remember, um, was it Midian or Gideon? He said, oh, let them see. And there was myriads of angels and chariots waiting to fight for them. Listen, God is always fighting for you, not against you. If you make him your refuge and shelter, if you trust him, you can actually fight against him by not submitting to him. Submitting to your will over his will, you could actually be fighting against God. Now look what it says. No plague, for he will order his angels to watch. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Does that sound familiar? Remember when the devil was tempting Jesus? He tried to take that verse out of context. Don't worry, the devil loves to take scripture out of context so we misunderstand it. Okay, the next principle. He promises never to leave us. Let me tell you something. You know, in my life personally, I've always sensed that when I'm not doing the right thing, that God's just, I just don't sense Him. He's not, because our sin blocks that connection. So even though it doesn't, in our hearts it does, because we feel dirty and guilty. That's just the human nature. So I feel like He's not with me, but He says He's never going to leave me. And I'm starting to apply that now, and it's taken over my sin nature by saying, all right, Lord knows what I'm going through. He's going to show me something through this situation. I just have to hang in there and let Him do it. Can I get an amen for that? Let Him do it. Deuteronomy chapter 31. We're going to be moving in the Bible today because that's where all the answers are. And when you come here, that's all we're going to do. So... If we look at these scriptures with an open mind and a childlike faith, boy, they have a lot of power. A lot of power. Verse 6 of Deuteronomy 31. And I'm not going to tell you where it is. You find it yourself. Yeah, uh, Deuteronomy 31, yeah. The Bible is your source of strength when you're not here. That's why I want you to learn it and see it. And we know a lot of us don't have time to open the pages sometime, but they have good apps on the on the phone. You could actually go there quick if you need them. Look, whenever you run to Scripture, God is happy. Whenever you run to Scripture for anything at all, God is happy because Jesus fought Satan with Scripture, not with His own power. He always retaliated with Scripture, for it is written. All right, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. You're in trouble, whatever you got to do. If you trust God, He's going to go ahead of you. He's going to map it out for you. Listen to this one. He will never fail you, nor abandon you. Then Moses called for Joshua. And as all Israel watched, he said to him, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors He would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Now he's telling all the people in the first part not to be afraid or discouraged, but he's actually telling the person that he called to do the task. That's a whole different thing. When somebody calls you to a ministry to do something, now it's another call, okay? Now he's telling Joshua to be strong because he's the one that's going to lead all the people. First he told the people to be strong and courageous, then he told Joshua to be strong and courageous. It's a whole different call. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never fear you, nor abandon you. Now, I yield that scripture there to my heart, because 
doing what I do is very, very taxing. When God calls, look, the devil doesn't want me to do this. The devil wants me to fall back into my old ways all the time. Always putting the, putting the apple out. Thinking that it was better in Egypt or in the world. And what does he want me to do? He wants me to grab it. And I say, no, for it is written, he was in me, it's stronger than he was in the world, so I ain't going for it, so get behind me, because I'm submitting to God, I'm resisting the devil, and he's got to go. That's the only thing that works for me. Other than that, I'm going into it. The world will consume me, because that's what my flesh likes. Whatever I fell into before, I became a believer. The devil already knows that part of my soul, and he tempts me in them areas. He's like a fisherman with a bait. Oh, he likes that? Let me tempt him with that. You like that? Shoom, and he throws something at you. Everybody has different things that we fell into in our lives. Amen? That's why it's different for everybody. He will be with you. He'll never fail you or abandon you. Next one. 1 Kings chapter 8. Come on, don't keep moving the pages. Don't worry. Because everything I'm going to be talking about is God's Word. Because that's the only source of power we have to resist the evil one. And our flesh. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is... We want to do the right thing. You know the struggle in Romans 7? We want to do what's right. We find ourselves doing what's wrong. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this body that's dominated by sin? Thank God it's Jesus Christ our Lord. He's the only one that can deliver this body from sin and have me master over it. Unfortunately, when I get to heaven, I ain't going to have this anymore. Thank God. Imagine no more pain, no more aches, no more sorrows, no more evil, all bliss and happiness. But guess what? I ain't there yet. We're still stuck down here. And God's saying, I want to give you some of that now. But you have to trust me with a childlike faith and let me run your life. And I'll do that for you. And you can just sit back and watch God work in your lives. If you let him. And he works differently in everybody. Everybody's at a different place. Look at um, 1 Kings 8, verse 56. This is an awesome promise. See, not everybody goes into these chapters. Kings and all the back... But let me tell you something about the spiritual applications of these principles in the Old Testament. They're all for us. These promises in the Old Testament are for us too. Because we are now spiritual Israel. We are now God's children. Amen, right? Thank God for what Jesus did at the cross. We're all His children. I love that. I don't want to be the child of the devil. I want to be a child of the king. But that's my choice. I can either run with the devil or run with the Lord. Either one. He never takes away my free will choice. Every time I run with the devil, I get into trouble. Every time I run with the, the Lord, things always work out better. But they're not always instant. Okay? The devil offers instant gratification. As soon as you gratify the flesh, right? He offers instant gratification where, yeah, I feel better now that I did that. I went back into the world and did something. I feel better. But when you deny yourself that, okay, and you wait on the Lord, at the end of the day, thank you, Lord. I'm so glad I didn't fall into that sin. I'm so grateful for that. Thank you, Lord. It's delayed gratification. See, the devil offers it right away. God says, no, if you do my will, the gratification comes later. When you have peace. Listen, there is no peace in sin. And anyway, you can't get away from yourself. Every day, you have to put your head on the pillow and go to sleep. You can't ever run away from you and your choices. So I'd rather make the right one so I can sleep good at night. How about you? Amen. And the only way I'm going to make the right choices if I follow what the Bible tells me to do. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. You see, you want to be happy as a Christian, you have to do what the Lord tells you to do. Other than that, you're going to be a miserable Christian, because you're going to do what you want to do, and not what God wants you to do, and you're going to be miserable. So if you're miserable, 
Start trusting the Lord. And then you smile more. You don't want to come in here like you ate a lemon. You want to come in, you want to come in here like you're happy that you got a refuge from out there for a little while. Amen? Oh man, it's tough out there. Come on. You're trying to live a godly life out in that world that is full of darkness. And everything that appeals to our flesh, it just comes at us. All them, all them riches can become stumbling blocks for us. We have to be very careful how we tread out there. Alright, look at verse 56. I love this. Praise the Lord who has given rest to His people Israel. Just as He promised. Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises He gave through His servant Moses. You see it? Not one word has failed all the wonderful promises He gave to His servant Moses. Now we have to understand a lot of them had to wait for the promises to get fulfilled. Remember King David? He got called to be the king. But he got hunted down by Saul for over a year, trying to kill him before he went into office. You understand? God already fulfilled the promise, but he had to wait for it. And David knew that he had to go through some adversity before the promise got fulfilled. So listen, before the promises get fulfilled for you, you're going to have to go through some adversity. You can't get around it. But we happen to live in an instant society that wants... All right, Lord, you promised you'd be there. I don't feel you. I'm not a feeling, John. I'm a fact. Way beyond your feelings. I am with you. I told you I'd be with you. You're just not believing it. You're trusting on what you feel more than what I'm saying. We walk by faith, not by sight or emotion. Now look what it says. Verse 57, May the Lord our God be with us as He was with our ancestors. May He never leave us or abandon us. May He give us the desire to do His will. Do you see it? That has to be a desire that He gives us to do His will. Look, we're not going to desire to do His will in our flesh. We're going to desire to do our will. See what they're saying? May He give us the desire to do His will in everything and to obey all the commands, decrees, and regulations that He gave his ans- our ancestors. So He wants to listen. God has given you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. You can't do it in your own power. And if you're trying to do it in your own power, you're going to fail as a Christian. There's just no way we can carry out God's will in the flesh. That's why we have to get born again with a new spirit in us. Have you ever tried to do God's will in your flesh? Oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to get up today and I'm going to do everything for the Lord. Yeah! I'm going to do everything for the Lord, right? Then what? You get, something happens in the house or you get a flat tire in the driveway or there's traffic or everything starts happening and that goes right out the window. When the way seems unclear, okay? When things have changed in our circumstances and we don't know what to do, we can be assured that God still leads us. Okay? He never leaves us on our own to figure it all out. His word reminds us that He is the one who holds our hand. Okay? He goes before us, paving out new pathways, opening doors, and healing broken places so we can walk through. Amen? I don't know, but I don't know about you, but I, I had to go all the way to the bottom, okay? God broke, I had to go all the way to the bottom before I looked up and found Jesus. That's just my walk. You love much because you've been forgiven much. When I look back and say, God, how could you want to use me? He says, that's the people I use, John, the broken. The ones that know they can't get through this life without me. I submit to Him. I can't do it. I'm a failure. And he says, good, now I can do something for you. My power works best in your weakness, he says. For when I am weak, then I am strong, the Apostle Paul said, amen? You know what holds us back? Pride. Some of us think we have a lot of strength in our own power to do these things. But God wants to break that pride out of us. He broke it out of me. And I still got a lot of it in me. And he's still breaking it. And it's a process. Everybody goes through their journey separately on a different path. And he's very gentle with each and every one of us. 
Whatever hang-ups you have, He gently takes them one by one and gives us a new life. Amen? So hang in there. Don't be discouraged because He's going to do it for you. It might take a little bit longer than you think, though. Because I know that I didn't think I was that bad until I started looking at God's Word. I'm saying, boy, I ain't lined up with none of that. I can line myself up with other people and say, ah, you know, I didn't go that... But when I line myself up to what He did at the cross, to Jesus and all the principles of the Bible, I fall far short. So we don't have to worry. He's working on our behalf even when we can't see it all. This is the faith walk. We're going to end up talking about strengthening our faith. Because everything that was accomplished in the Bible was accomplished by faith. By faith, not by what we see. He promises to renew our strength. Isaiah 40. Let's go. Boy, I'll tell you, it never gets any easier for me to come up here and not walk from there to here. I don't know if anybody's ever had to do public speaking. When somebody calls you up to go something, do something, it is, that's not me. That's him. He said, that's my, a long time ago, the first time I did it, one of my brothers in Christ said, don't worry, John, he's got your back. And that comforted me. He took over. Let the Spirit speak. John, you stay out of the way. I'm just going to use you as the vessel. All right, look at verse uh, 28 of Isaiah 40. This is awesome. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. So, look, don't try to figure him out because you never will. If you try to figure God out, you're going to be miserable. You're not going to be able to figure him out. His ways are higher than our ways, okay? Look. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even the youths, I mean youths. I can't get by that. Every time I see it. Even the youths will become weak and tired. I don't know if anybody says to my cousin Vinny movie, if everybody's seen it. <laughs> well, one thing, let's, let's listen as a Christian. Let's, let me give you a little advice. Don't ever take your person, that God doesn't take your personality off you and make you some robotic person. He wants to use your personality for good. So don't ever take that out of you. Always be joyful and use, God gifted you with a personality that glorifies Him. Amen? Don't ever get all stuffy and pious. You'll never really enjoy the Lord that way. To become a Pharisee and miserable, looking down on everybody. Don't ever get like that. Be happy. This Bible is designed to make you like Jesus. Humble, meek, and mild, and gentle, and peaceful. Not some scholar. As a matter of fact, this tells you to break all that out of you. And he gives you his understanding. If you have an understanding given by the world, you'll never get an understanding of what God's saying. But when you break that out of you, you know what Paul said? I count that all as garbage what I learned in the world so I could gain Christ. Because you can't put something in uh, to a full closet. If your mind is already full, you have to empty it so you can fill it with that. But you can't mix it. It's got to go. It's got to come out the other side. And that takes time, don't it? This world system is ingrained in us. Everything's based on performance. Even as we get grown Christianity, we still think we've got to perform. But it's not based on performance. It never was and it never will be. Thank God for that. Because we can't perform. Every time we try to perform for God and we fail, that drives us further away and it puts us more in guilt and shame mode. That's not a motivator for change. His grace and mercy is. Oh, Lord. I can't. But I know I can with you. Amen. Just to be humble. Listen, I, if, you, if you can just accept God, listen, we ain't nothing without Him. You could try to be somebody, but you ain't nothing without Him. None of us are. We're all born into this world with the same nature Adam has. A sin nature. 
And I don't care where you come from, we all have it in us. The greed, the lust, the self-indulgence, the, the selfishness, the jealousy, the envy, the gossip, the slander, running people down. We all have that in us. And God's trying to take it out of us. He said, no, I want you to see what's good in everybody, not what's bad. The devil wants you to see what's wrong with everything. God wants you to see what's right with everybody. When somebody falls, you love them. You say, look, I know anybody, any one of us can fall at any given time. So we do what? We comfort them and love them. We don't tell them, oh, I told you not to do. See what happens? And point your finger down. God isn't doing that with me. I wouldn't want him to do that to me. So he says, go and do likewise. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. God's teaching us to love ourselves. Now look what it says. He gives power to the weak, verse 29, and strength to the powerless. Even the youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. You ever come to the end of yourself? Didn't you just sing that song? Have you come to the end of yourself? Have you come to the end of yourself yet? That's the best place you can be with God, coming to the end of yourself. Because once you come to the end of yourself, then He says, oh good, now I can do something for you. Now, are you done with you now? Now I can, now I can help you. <laughs> now look what it says. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not faint. Let me tell you something. I don't know how I do this, to be honest with you. Work every day full time. Read the Bible. Study the Word of God. Let me tell you something. That has nothing. I can't do that. That's too much. Something is sustaining me, and I can't explain it. Every time I say, no, I don't want to do this anymore, it's like, I know, because you're not the one doing it anyway. I know you can't do it. That's why you have me. Then I say, oh, that's right. Shakwa. No, because I have to keep reminding myself that, that I can't do it. I can only do it with through Him. <laughs> All right, 1 Timothy chapter 1. Lighten up. Life is, listen, life in Christ is good. Life in the flesh is awful. Because we always expect things. If you go into life without any expectations, you have nothing to be, nothing to get mad about. If, you're, if you come to church expecting something and you don't get it, then you get upset about it. Oh, I wanted to hear this. I wanted, and when you come there because I just want to see what God has to say, you come with an open heart and whatever it will be, will be. When you go into it ex expecting nothing, you get everything. First Timothy verse one, I mean chapter one, verse twelve. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. Listen, each and every one of us has a call to do his work. And let me tell you something. He will give you the strength to do it. And you, the only thing you have to do is walk through the fear and gain the courage through God to fulfill his plan for your life. Each and every one of us, God has a plan for your life. And when you find it, once you find out what it is, boy, you never get more fulfilled. I didn't... If I, if, if I would say 20, 25, 30 years ago, if I would ever be up here... Never in a million years would I ever think that was going to be the outcome of my life. But now that I found it, I'm saying this is the most awesome thing I could ever ask for. I can't buy this. You can't work for it. It's a gift from God to have a purpose in life, to understand why you were created and why you're here. It's an awesome thing. Then you can actually say, wow. God wanted, He created me for a reason in this world to be a benefit to His kingdom. That's why He opened my eyes. He saved me. I'm one of His masterpieces. I'm saying, wow, I'm God's masterpiece. If you read Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, make sure you read 10 too. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the 
good things He planned for us long ago. The reason why He saved us. Never forget verse 10. <laughs> I, I love the Lord. I love His people. I love the people. Listen, it's so much easier, right, to just meet people where they're at and not try to mold them. You ever try to shake, change somebody? Go ahead. I can't even change myself. How am I going to change somebody else? If you could just accept them where they're at. Listen, this is the best place you can be in your life. You sit down, you pray to God, say, Lord, I did all I can do. You take it from here. And once he does, let me tell you something. He'll work in your life and he'll make changes you never thought you could ever make. Once you do that, though, you have to actually do it. It's a choice. Have you come to the end of yourself? Have you stopped trying to fix somebody or something in your life? When you have, and you really have, God will take over and fix it. In His time. Alright. Alright, Psalm, uh, Psalms chapter 81. Am I coming across alright tonight? Are we getting something? Listen, I want you to be able to take something with you when you leave here. I want you to be able to take some of this with you. And stand on them promises, because you are a soldier in God's army. And let me tell you something, it's a war, it's a battlefield out there. People are constantly coming up against us, trying to knock us out of the ballpark, right? Constantly. Excuse me. Wherever you go, in the, on the road, at the job, in the family, everywhere, he's trying to just knock us out of the box. Just imagine the high call of God saying, all right, I want you to be a beacon of light out there right now. There's so much darkness going on out there. All right, look what it says. Verse 1 of Psalm 81. Sing praises to God, our strength. Sing to the God of Jacob. Let me tell you something. If you can if you can actually sing to God when you're going through problems, do you realize what kind of an impact that has on the kingdom of darkness? It's easy to praise God when you're getting blessed. Oh Lord, I love you. Thank you for all these wonderful things. He wants you to praise him when the problem's there. And you know what it does? It makes the devil run. The devil can't stand that when you're happy no matter what's going on. And you're praising the Lord. Remember Paul? He was in jail. In shackles. He was singing in the, in the prison cell. And the jailer said, what is wrong with you? We're ready to cut your head off. And here you are singing to God. There's got to be something to this. And they ended up getting him saved. Because he was doing something different in the adversity instead of complaining and griping and whining. And that's what he wants us to do. That's how they're going to see Christ. When the problems in life are coming and you're just being great, well, you know what? God's in control. I'm not going to lose it here. God's in control here. I'm just going to let it go. People will see. Don't think that the world is not watching us. You tell somebody you're a Christian, it's on from here on in. <laughs> Can I get an amen for that? And guess what? You get the victory when you actually don't do things the way the world does them. Say, listen, I don't want no part of that. Somebody's slandering somebody or knocking them. Oh, I'm going the other way. I don't want to hear it. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you don't want anybody talking about you and slandering you, don't you do it. Because God will show you what it feels like. If you do it, it'll come back on you. And you won't like it, and then you're going to say, I'm going to keep my mouth shut from now on, because it doesn't feel too good to get talked about. <laughs> get the zipper out, right? That's what I call it, holy zipper. And I keep it in my back pocket. If you don't have any, my, mom, my, my mother hit it right on that. She said, if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing at all. You're better off not saying anything. Because you cannot retract the words you say. You could always say, oh, I was only kidding if you offend somebody. Well, I was only joking. 
No, you can't take it back. But if you don't say it, then they don't ever know, and you can't you can't cut somebody up. That's where you have to get understand God and use His power to keep your mouth shut. And that's the hardest thing to do, especially when that anger starts coming up your spine and you want to retaliate. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, you feel it coming. You know it's coming. Somebody's hitting that button. Boop. That's all it takes. It could be the most simplest thing. And it starts crawling up your spine. Before you know it, six months of horror is coming out of your mouth. Over like something dropping on the floor. Can I get an amen for that? Because what we're doing is we're repressing all them angry feelings and we're not bringing them to the Lord and using them and getting rid of them. We're holding them in in the bank, so to speak. And then when they come out, it's like a volcano. It says, do not sin by letting anger control you because anger gives a foothold to the devil. And you know it as well as I do. Once it starts coming out, you can't stop till it runs its course. And by that time, ain't nobody around. <laughs> But it's, you can't stop. You know what I'm talking about, right? You just can't stop when you're supposed to. Because if you don't start at all, then you don't have to worry about stopping. That's where God wants you to be. Don't say anything. Say, you know what? I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> go in the bathroom, get on your knees, grab the toilet, whatever you're going to do, and you pray because let me tell you something. That's how you get rid of the evil. Because the evil is stored up inside us. Anger gives a foothold to the devil. How do I know that's true? Because I know once I get angry and things come out of my mouth, it's ugly. And it keeps flowing. Can I get an amen for that? So if you, if you, if you get the spiritual growth to understand, listen, I'm going to God with this because I know what is going to happen if I open my mouth right now. And guess what? It ain't going to be Jesus. Amen for that, all right. And all them seem, listen, when we can't see any way out and we're battling the sense of being overwhelmed, God's power has great the greatest opportunity to shine. It's in those times when we come to the end of ourselves and we know we can't depend on our own abilities, on anything we have or anyone we know, that we are reminded that we are totally and completely reliant on Him. Let me tell you something. When you, I don't know about you, but I had a problem. I have an anger problem. Once I get mad, my family will tell you, I can actually black out. And there's people that actually go to prison because they got so angry, they actually did some harm to somebody. And then when they, they get come out of it, say, I don't even know what happened. I just blacked out with anger, and I ended up murdering somebody. And they don't know what happened. It's because the devil took over them, and they murdered somebody. Then they come out of it, and they can't understand it. That's what, Look, possession is not somebody spitting pea soup out of their mouth and spinning their head around. You're possessed when you can't control what's coming out of your mouth. And we all get possessed. But I have to be possessed by Jesus. See, what comes out of my mouth has to be Jesus, not the devil. You understand? That's where the spiritual growth comes in. I have to understand these principles and bank on the promises that He was in me is greater than He was in the world or in my flesh. And I just got to keep my mouth shut and I'm going to go talk to Jesus about it. And He says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. How many of us can actually do that? In doing so, will heap burning coals of shame on their head. It'll stop them in their tracks. Try it sometime. Next time somebody gets you all angry, buy them lunch. You'll see what it does. It works. I, it happened to me. It works. <laughs> and we can't do that in the flesh. We can, we can all admit that I can't do that in the flesh. I'm not going to do that. If I'm going to give him a sandwich, there's going to be poison in it. <laughs> we can be real here. We're in church. We're trying to heal from our sin nature. If we don't, uh, we don't reveal what our sin nature is, we can't ever heal from it. All of us think these crazy thoughts. 
We can be real here. Look, I don't like church faces. I like real. Look, when you leave here, it ain't going to be like this. It's going to be like crazy out there. And when God wants you to say, don't say anything, trust me, I'm going to get you through that life. And you are going to be so blessed, you ain't going to be able to handle it if you trust my ways. But if you want to be selfish and self-centered, you're going to lose the battle. Amen? All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're making some ground here tonight. Uh, I, I love I love the Word of God, and I love God's people. And that's what keeps me going. That's what God's love... Listen, once you understand God's unconditional love, it's like no weapon formed against me can ever prosper. Go ahead, say what you want. I got the guy who created this whole world... Back in me. Shoot your bullets. Go for it. I'm already victorious. I'm not trusting people. I'm trusting God. He's the one who made me. Who better to trust? You definitely want him on your side. But as Christians, you can actually work against God. And God can unleash some, some evil on you. Because he loves you enough to get you back in line. You have to understand how he works. He loved his people. What did he do? He put them in exile for 70 years. Because they were so bad and disobedient that he had to correct them. He said, but after the 70 years are up, I will restore you. It took him 70 years to get broken. How long is it going to take you to get broken? We're stubborn. But he loves us. He's never going to give up on us. Guess what? You fail today. Guess what? You wake up. God says, it's a brand new day. Guess what? I call it holy amnesia. That's what I call it. I get up in the morning, God isn't remember anything I did yesterday, and neither should I. Hold nothing against anyone. It says, owe nothing to anyone except to love each other, the Bible says. And that's what I'm going to do. The Bible tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. He's the Lord of my life. And it's so much easier to live with a clean slate than holding on to stuff from the past. Paul said, I remember this one thing, forgetting the past and look forward to what lies ahead. I look forward to win the race, the prize, heavenly towards Christ Jesus. What's the prize? That new life, that restored life, that not holding anything against anybody, that peace, that joy, that serenity no matter what's going on in life. That's, you can't buy that. I don't care how much, you can't buy it. Look what it says, verse 9. Remember Paul? It was a thorn in his flesh. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. Remember he said three times I prayed to take this thing away. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power works best in your weakness. You know, I got some thorns in my flesh. There's just some things in my life that just don't go away. Okay? And let me tell you something. They keep me humble. And that's, that's why Paul had to get that in his flesh. Because to keep him becoming proud, he received a messenger from Satan to torment him, to keep him in line, relying on God every day, and not himself. Look what it says. Each time he said, verse 9, My grace is all you need, and my power works best in weakness, so now I am, I am glad to boast about my weaknesses. Let me tell you something. When you boast about all the good things, that's the flesh. When you boast about how weak you are, that's the spirit. Because you can't do it in the flesh. Look what it says. So that power, look what it says. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses. See, the whole shift in perception. In the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Do you understand? All it is is a shift of perception. Nothing else changes. You come to Jesus, that world don't change. The only thing that changes is the way you see it. That's it. And he says, he he takes, imagine taking pleasure. He says, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses, and in insults, hardships, and persecutions, and troubles. How many of us take pleasure in all that stuff? No. You're going to suffer for Christ. Listen. Not everybody's going to have that same stuff, okay? Paul 
had a specific call on his life. That's why he had to see the third heaven in Jesus himself. Because he got called to prison. He had to get a revelation that no one else got because he got called to do something that no one else could do. He had to see it all. Anybody, no man could have took it all. No man would have been able to take what he took unless he seen the risen Christ in heaven itself. That's why he got that revelation because he was called to do a specific thing. And everybody has different calls. That's for when I am weak, then I am strong. So I'm saying, God is breaking the pride out of me and making me this, like, I'm so cautious now in how I, what I say and where I walk and what I'm, I'm so cautious now knowing that God's, God wants, I gotta, I want what God wants, not what I want. I have to be cautious. So every step I take now, I'm very cautious what comes out of this mouth. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I fail, believe me. I'm, I'm human. But I have an awareness now that God wants to take over. John has to stay home more and more. And Jesus has to be in me more and more. And he has to be showing up in me more and more as I grow. Can I get an amen for that? All right. Last one. Acts chapter 3 verse 20. So closing scripture right here. And we'll get more into this. My hope. I hope it helped you. Verse 20 of Acts chapter 3. Time goes by quick. Look at verse 20. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. And He will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. Listen, listen. Times of, who, who needs refreshment? I'm not talking about soda. I'm talking of refreshment for the spiritual with God. He always comes back. Look, then times of refreshment will come. Look, whenever we go back to Him and repent and say, Look, I want to come back, Lord. He's like this. He's not chasing you. He's waiting for you. See, He doesn't run away from us. We run away from Him. And He's saying, times if we want to get refreshed again, come back to me. Stop doing things your way. Do it my way. And times of refreshment will come back to you. Amen? Alright, so thank you for letting me share that. We're going to close tonight now. Brittany's going to come up and sing and we're going to close. Thank you so much. It was great to see everybody.